Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Live Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at wwcfl.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest. Welcome to Life Talk Northwest. I am Dan Kennedy, your host, former CEO of Human Life of Washington, and I have with us today a guest that many of you are very familiar with. Some of you may not be if you're new listeners to Sacred Heart Radio. Camille Pauly, and I almost called her Camille de Blasi because... Oh, not when I, again. <laughs> when, I, yeah. when I first met Camille, I was president of Spokane Right to Life. She was the educational director at Human Life of Washington, and eventually I became CEO at Human Life, and we worked together on the life principles, and um, she, along with Father Spitzer, co-founded Healing the Culture. And as you are aware, it is an international um, organization that talks about the values and philosophy of life, pro-life. And as Mortimer Adler has said, uh, in fact, he wrote a book, uh, Aristotle is for Everyone, Um, you can even present these principles to elementary school kids, and she has a special program to do that, which we'll, we'll get to. Well, as long as we're here, why don't you why don't you mention that uh, program you have for elementary students? Hi, Dan. First of all, hi. It's so good to be back with you, and I'm so blessed and honored uh, to be on your show, um, and just so grateful for all your listeners who have supported us throughout the years. It's a blessing, and I'm kind of wondering, uh, um, you know, how things are going in Seattle. Well, you know Seattle. You lived here for a number of years. You're now in uh, South Dakota, uh, the free state of South Dakota. Is that right? Yeah, or... <laughs> <laughs> yeah we got our blemishes too. But, uh... <laughs> well, I said something to somebody the other day that the under, Underground Railroad seems to be going north this time instead of I know I'm just, you know north <laughs> and southeast. Yes. yes. Yep. It's it's crazy and amazing, and I know a lot of our supporters have. I've kind of moved outward in the state in different areas, but are still in Washington. And we miss Washington. We miss Seattle a lot. We miss our friends. Um, we're back a lot. Um, but it's uh, it's good to be able to to see things changing and moving and good, faithful people doing what has to be done to continue the work of the Lord. And, uh, Dan, having you on the radio there in Seattle is such a blessing, <laughs> such an amazing, wonderful blessing. Um, and I know good things will happen. It will take a long time, but good things will happen. But yeah, we uh, healing the culture has grown and moved, and um, uh, you know we have affiliates now around the country and faculty members around the country, and uh, most of your listeners who have been with you for a long time know that our one of our biggest projects is our philosophy for children program, and it's up and running and ready and free. Um, and people can access that through our HealingTheCulture.com website. And we could talk a lot more about that, but basically it takes Father's, we call it Father Spitzer for Kids, or Spitzer for Kids. <laughs> it takes it takes his philosophy on the human person, happiness, freedom, uh, rights, uh, logic, 
and it, it brings it down to a real basic level that even a five-year-old can understand. And then we apply it to respect life issues, and we do it in innocent ways that doesn't talk about abortion directly, doesn't destroy their innocence, but gets them to recognize things like, oh, that that bump in the mom's belly, that can't be her lunch and a baby at the same time, <laughs> you know, depending on what you believe. Right, it's right. either a baby or it's not. And so kids really learn how to deflect or argue against the most common pro-abortion arguments before they even know what abortion is. And it's been a wonderful blessing. It's very popular. Um, we've got it in over 300 schools around the U.S. now. Parents use it at home. Homeschoolers can use it. It's in religious education programs in churches and parishes. And it's a lot of fun, very short, easy to implement. And uh, it's called Philo and Sophie, Philosophy for Children. Okay, and they can get to that website through the HealingTheCulture.com website. Is that true? Yes, they can. Yeah, if they go to HealingTheCulture.com and then they go up to programs, they'll find that, that program under our programs tab. And you'll find these presentations at every level, from university level to high school level to junior high and elementary. And I can That's tell right. you, when, yeah. when, when she first started this, uh, I mean, the, the Healing the Culture, the Life Principles at Human Life with Father Spitzer, and before the book was even printed, we used to use the just a printed out text that he had written. Uh, and I can tell you in in her presentations of it, people were just felt like they had been betrayed by their education. It's, yeah. it's just, you know, it's eye opening. Uh, it makes incredible sense. And it just it rings true. Absolutely true. And I see, I'm glad you said that, and I think that helps a lot of parents who are homeschooling or are trying to supplement what their children are learning in regular schools, because what we've been able to do is take basic principles that everybody should know about logic and reason, principles of ethics and morality, and principles of justice and natural rights, and bring them into a simple curriculum that can be used. You know, we have one for elementary school, one for high school, one for college, and then a program for adults, simplifies these issues brings them into the pro-life sphere because that's what we do. And so we show them how this applies to our pro-life um, you know, issues. But you can use these principles in anything, in any moral issue or social issue or ethical issue. Um, and so it's been a really wonderful thing to supplement education for a lot of parents and I know a lot of teachers in, in religious schools. Wish we could get our program in public schools, but that's a little more challenging, as you it know. <laughs> but it, and you also have videos on uh, YouTube. We do. You can access those videos on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel, Healing the Culture. You can access all of these videos in their simple form or put together as units uh, on YouTube. You can share them and help us make them go viral. And uh, I think if people just check it out, they're going to be really delighted with what so they too. see. I think yeah. so, too. And the reason, you know, I brought you on here to talk about something else, but I did want to continue to make this point, because if we, we are going to heal the culture, it's going to be... Uh, through these kind of efforts, and it is so informative, so educational, so fun, rings so true. Uh, if you haven't done it, please, please, please avail yourself of HealingTheCulture.com and go from there. Now, I want to talk to you about applying these kinds of principles to the Supreme Court case, Dobbs versus Jackson, which is a, court, a case out of Mississippi about not being able to do an abortion after 15 weeks. And they had the oral arguments a few weeks ago. Um, 
And I guess one of the things, in listening to the oral arguments, I was a little stunned at uh, the abortion side arguing culture. I mean, that's what I was hearing. <laughs> there was nothing, yes. it wasn't law, they were arguing culture. Yes, absolutely. It was crazy. I, I, to me, Dan, that was the most remarkable thing, that even these justices who support abortion didn't even try to give a coherent defense of the Roe versus Wade decision. They instead, their whole argument was about even though this decision was decided, you know, it was almost as if they were saying, even though this decision has no legal basis behind it, no logic behind it, people have nevertheless organized their entire lives around abortion for the last 50 years. And so, therefore, it has to be available, easy to access, or it's going to totally disrupt people's lives and civilization. You know, and you're thinking, you know what? That was the same argument that was used for why slavery needed to be upheld and why segregation in schools had to be upheld. Because even though we know it's wrong and evil and there's no legal justification for it, people have organized their lives around it. The economy's organized around it. So you just got to sort of keep it going for convenience. It was so obvious. And of course... The, you know, the conservative justices just pounced on it, that, you you know, this is not our job <laughs> as a court to be determining what, you know, the where, what direction the roller coaster is going in, you know, in civilization. Right. We're supposed to be following the Constitution and looking for, you know, what, what the law says. And so the, the, the fallacy of the argument was it was so embarrassing, I think, in a lot of ways to see the liberal justices trying to defend this law based on, you know, the convenience and how it's always been this way. And then, of course, I think it was Justice Kagan who makes the argument that, you know, well, you know, what's changed? You know, the only way you can really have a court a case come up to us is if something's different. What's changed since 1973 that would make this any different? You're just like, what? What you, I mean, you're just your jaw is on the floor. Yes, it is. You, you, you've got 97 percent of all biologists agreeing uh, that, uh, you know, and this is a 2021 survey of over 5,500 biologists, 97 percent of which agree that the, the moment of fertilization is the beginning of a human being's life. You've got fetoscopy now. You've got 3D ultrasound. You've got, you know, surgery in the womb. You've got the knowledge and understanding about fetal pain now, and that was brought up a lot during the hearing, which I was glad to hear, but I wish it would have been brought up even more strongly. Mm-hmm. There, there's just, I mean, talk about a position that is not based in science. The eye closing was just amazing during that hearing, but it was good. You know, it, it, it was wonderful to see the uh, the justices on the one side, obviously having no good legal arguments, and the other side raising the kinds of questions that really needed to be raised. Yeah, and you know the fact that there are very few constitutional scholars these days will even give any kind of credence, even if they're for abortion, they recognize the abysmal decision that Roe v. Wade was, and it was made up of whole, out of whole cloth and has no relationship to the Constitution itself. No, it doesn't. And I, I'm an optimist. I, I believe that Roe is going to go. I think there are some very good reasons why um, why I think that. Uh, at the very least, I think Roe will be severely damaged. We need to pray for Justices Kavanaugh and John Roberts. I, you know, I yeah. I think they've been weak <laughs> on been. some other issues that they should have been strong on. Uh, so we do need to pray for them. But I I have I'm optimistic. I just think that it was so apparent, and those five justices. You know, including Kavanaugh and, and um, uh, Roberts, were just so strong in their questioning and um, in their obvious dubious 
feelings about you know Roe versus Wade that I think it's going to go. I think we're going to be looking at a very different scenario in June when they render their decision. Well, we're we're almost out of time in the first half. Man, I cannot believe how fast this goes. But, I know. Um, but I did want to say that that um, yeah, if if you don't think you can, uh, to our listeners, you can influence this. You can pray, as Camille said. She brought up a, an important point: is to pray for these justices. Uh, you can have an impact. You do have an impact when you pray. So uh, whether we know it on 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 this side of life or not, uh, right. you do have an impact. So we are going to take a short break, and uh, we'll be right back after that, and we'll talk to Camille in a little further depth uh, about the rights at stake, uh, the right way to look at this, uh, the viability standard, uh, and, and all those kinds of things. So we are talking with Camille Pauly from Healing the Culture, and you're listening to Sacred Heart Radio. We will be right back. Loving God, please grant me peace of mind and calm my troubled heart. Give me the strength and clarity of mind to find my purpose and walk the path you've laid out for me. I trust your love, God, and know that you will heal this stress, just as the sun rises each day against the dark of night. In Jesus' holy name, amen. Welcome back to Life Talk Northwest. I'm Dan Kennedy, your host, and we're speaking with Camille Pauly from Healing the Culture, uh, co-founder with Father Spitzer. And we're discussing the Dobbs case before the Supreme Court. We expect a decision sometime uh, late spring, early summer. And uh, Camille, we were discussing some of the fault lines in the Roe case uh, in the decision. And... uh, what from yes. a from well let's but before we go all the way back to the row let's talk about uh some of the later cases talk about for example the idea of a viability standard sure so i mean roe brought up this you know what there's lots of fallacies in, in roe versus wade but one of the biggest is that the decision was it established a trimester framework so the rights of the preborn child are now linked to viability so, and what's viability? Well, the possibility of the baby being able to live outside the womb. Um, and so Roe basically establishes this trimester framework claiming that once the child is viable in the third trimester, then a, a state can, if it chooses, protect the baby, but has to have all these exceptions so the baby's really not protected. But the viability standard was it. The baby has to be viable. So then the question becomes, okay, well, what is viability? And who is viable? Right. I mean, Viability changes all the time as science changes and we're able to, you know, uh, babies can live outside the womb earlier and earlier. So the standard is completely arbitrary and subjective to the findings of science and what science can do. Secondly, what do you mean by viability and who is viable? Because I'm not viable. (laughs) I can't survive outside the womb without the help of doctors and farmers and I'm dependent on people not you know, randomly shooting me in the street, you know, who is viable? I have a seven, well, actually she's, oh my gosh, she's nine now. I just, I I know, right? (laughs) I have a nine-year-old who couldn't feed herself if I wasn't here. You know, she can't even open a can. So, you know, (laughs) so, you know, we laugh, but it's so serious. Why should, besides, why viability? 
why should somebody have to prove to you that they're strong enough and developed enough to be able to survive outside the womb in order to qualify as a human being and therefore be protected under the law? Why? Isn't the law mostly established to protect those who are vulnerable and cannot protect themselves? That's the whole purpose of the law. And so, I mean, the evilness of this decision, is, it's not just illogical. It's, it's just evil at it its is. core. And the justices saw this. And of course, the principle we teach that contradicts this is what we call the principle of full human potential. And Father Robert Spitzer, who wrote our curriculum, talks about how this principle teaches you can't judge the intrinsic worth of a person or, or you know, an individual by the development you've currently achieved. You know, Bartolome de las Casas noticed this in the 16th century when the colonists in the New World were enslaving and torturing and even murdering uh, the Native Americans on the grounds that they were not as developed as the Spanish were. And so, you know, the principle of full human potential says you can only judge the value of a human being based on what they could achieve if they reached their highest potential. And the highest potential of a human person is to contribute and participate in love and ultimate transcendent love, in justice and ultimate transcendent justice. It's our ability, our capacity, our potential to achieve what we call the, the transcendentals, right? Truth, love, goodness, beauty, and home that gives us our value and our worth and requires that governments protect us under the law. And an unborn child at the moment of fertilization has the same potential to actualize those transcendent goodnesses as you and I do. It just needs time and development, just like I do. So, you know, that, that was just such a major flaw in Roe versus Wade, mm -hmm. and uh, and I, you know, the justices recognize this. The viability standard is arbitrary and dangerous, and could be applied to anybody. Yeah, you know, as they as you look back on it, you see medical. It really is a measurement of technology uh, in terms of outside the womb um, when a when a baby is born. But and mm -hmm. you know, the other aspects of well. Gee, once they're born, they're not viable either if they're just left. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you take that on and on and on and on. We are interdependent. Yes, uh, that's right. That's a great point. You know, who are you to say that my life has less value because I am in the womb instead of out of the womb? Right. I still have, even in the womb when I'm unaware, there is still relationship going on and there's relationship with God going on. And there's, you know, there's human connection going on in ways that we can't understand. And so this the, the hubris of saying that you I have to be able to see you outside the womb and you have to prove to me that you can sustain life outside the womb. It is so arrogant and, and you know, so selective um, that and it, it's jaw dropping. Yeah. 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 And Dobbs, you know, Dobbs recognized Dobbs is all about, you know, what, what happened in Mississippi is that they passed this law saying, you know, at 15 weeks and after abortion is illegal. Of course, babies are not, quote unquote, viable at 15 weeks. And so that's why this is challenging the viability standard of Roe. That's why the viability standard is so important here. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, as, as we said earlier in the show, I was just... You know, there was so much common sense on one side of the argument and so much hubris uh, and, and irrelevancy um, on the other. And you're, you're right. You know, when I was listening to these arguments from the other side about the culture and, you know, people have planned their lives around this and, 
And I'm, I'm thinking, geez, this is exactly like the argument for slavery. And, yeah, you know, exactly. the... Yeah, and you see the same trend where that the, just, the liberal justices are not asking questions the way they're supposed to be doing. The purpose of these hearings is not to get all the best arguments out. The purpose of the hearings is for the justices who have already read all the argumentation on all the sides, including the amicus briefs, to ask questions to make sure they don't get their decision wrong. So you see all the conservative justices doing what they're supposed to be doing, which is asking questions. What do you see all the liberal justices doing? They're making speeches. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't asking questions. They're all making speeches about why this is appalling that we even have to consider this today and why women need this and why this is going to ruin our lives. And you're saying, wow, what has happened to our liberal Supreme Court justices that they no longer even value their role, their, their, their very role on the Supreme Court, but have just become, allowed themselves to become figureheads for liberal causes. It is very, very distressing to watch. That is a, that is a great point because that, at that point they have become politicians, uh, mm-hmm. propagandists, and and no longer justices, and exactly true. it is just incredible to hear that. Uh, of course, you know we live in the real world, and unfortunately, that's the way things are in a lot of circumstances. And we wish they weren't, but we have an obligation to point out uh, those kinds of things because it's unjust. Talk yes, about injustice or injustice. So that certainly is. That's right. So. Uh, you said you were you were hopeful uh, and more optimistic than you have been. Uh, what happens if they find in favor of the Mississippi case, they rule it constitutional? So if they rule that the Mississippi case is constitutional, they're, they're, they could render that decision in a few different ways. The first thing they might do is just to say they may limit their decision to this one case. Mm-hmm. And say in Mississippi, this is constitutional, so Mississippi can continue its law, but it wouldn't apply anywhere else. That would be nice, but it wouldn't be enough. <laughs> <laughs> we we want to see more than that. Right. Um, the second thing they could do is they could say the viability standard doesn't work, and um, they could badly damage Roe versus Wade, and, and uh, you know they could chip away at it. The third thing they could do is they could overturn Roe versus Wade. They could say Roe was based on the viability standard. We see that in Mississippi. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't work. It's an arbitrary decision. And so therefore, they could overturn Roe versus Wade entirely, which is what I think is going to happen. Um, but the other thing they could do, of course, is to say, fourth thing, which we don't want to have happen, is to say Mississippi is wrong and the viability standard is standard and we have to overturn this law. Um, but I'm going to go for the gold here, uh, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go for door number three. And, I, you know, and I'm going to say they're going to overturn Roe versus Wade um, with their decision. Well, and if that happens, uh-huh. it goes back to the states. Right. It will go back. Every state will have to set its own de- determination, and the states will determine. There's about 11, 11 or 12 states that have trigger laws where if Roe right. versus Wade is overturned, abortion will be outlawed. South Dakota is one of those states where we will have no abortion except to save the life of the mother. There's another, I don't know, 10 or 12 states or so that will have abortion legalized and in some pretty radical ways, even worse than what Roe seems to, quote unquote, allow. And then you've got a toss up of the rest of the states, about 30 or so states that are going to be fighted out, you know, on the mat, you know, to the knuckles. In their state legislatures and state courts or whatever it may Mm -hmm. be, but... um, Mm -hmm. Mostly in the legislatures, and of course in Washington State, it will be make no change whatsoever. Washington State will have abortion as it has. Yeah, um, that was 
codified a few years ago. Uh, but it does mean that your statewide elections will matter even more. Oh, absolutely. You are absolutely right. So uh, it is will be critical. Uh, you know, we can change this here uh, once the Supreme Court renders a decision, and I'm hopeful, too. If there ever was an opportunity to overturn uh, Roe v. Wade, uh, this would be it. And, you know, I remember decades ago uh, the other side saying, you know, these people will eventually go away. They'll give up. They all understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't it a miracle uh, that God's people doesn't allow that to happen? I, I like that word. I think it is a miracle because left to our, our own devices, we would have wandered away and scattered and gotten afraid and hidden under rocks. It's only by God's miraculous grace that we are still in this, even stronger than we've ever been. And um, and on that encouragement, people need to go to the March for Life, because people need to see you there. I don't know, are you, is yours in Washington State still? Uh, yeah, I don't think they're having it this year. I haven't seen anything oh. on it. I've, I've talked okay. to Noreen. And, well, then uh, you need to march up and down your street. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, uh, yeah, or you can, you know, you can uh, certainly pray that day. You can pray and fast. Um, pray and fast. And pray and fast every day for this issue. You know, absolutely. We can make a huge difference. You know, it it may not, your neighbors may not see you praying and fasting, but it <laughs> will have a huge it. impact. Absolutely. And look at what we've already accomplished. Yes. Like I said, yes. so much have been, has been done because people are willing to pray and don't think that their prayers don't matter. Well, on that, on that note, uh, we are at the end of the show, and uh, we're just going to have to have you back in, especially uh, maybe we'll have you back in the spring, and then after the decision, we'll have a chance to talk about it again. Yeah, yeah, have me back in the spring. We get our worst snow here in March and April, and then you can see, you can ask me how it went. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> how I weathered the storm. <laughs> I will do that. Camille uh, Pauly from uh, Healing the Culture, the president and co-founder with Father Spitzer. Uh, Camille from of international fame. <laughs> Not fortune, but international fame anyway. So, Camille, it has been a blessing for, for me to talk to you again and a blessing for our audience to have you on the air. All the same for me. God bless you for what you do, Dan. Thank you, Camille. Thank you to Western Washington Coalition for Life for sponsoring today's broadcast of Live Talk Northwest. Born from prayer and a promise in 2018, the WWCFL's mission is to provide encouragement and support through resources, education, and information focused on embracing the beauty and sanctity of all human life. Engage with WWCFL at WWCFL.org or on Facebook at Western Washington Coalition for Life. Thank you, WWCFL, for supporting Life Talk Northwest.